Hello, welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Tamara Kemper. She is the founder of The Process Mentors and also a biz buddy of mine. We are both in a high-performing mastermind, and I have truly enjoyed getting to know Tamara and watching all the wheels of her brain turn. She is like a puzzle lover, and so it's very, very cool. I'm super excited to have you here, Tamara. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited and, and just um, happy to have this talk with you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I know that you were in the school system and also in um, like ed tech for 16 years. And I'm yep. wondering kind of like your journey from the school system into what you currently do, like do now. How did you know when to pivot from a pretty consistent traditional line of work? Yeah, I, I wanted to be, well, I wanted to be an actress, but then I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and, and right out of college, got, got the teaching job and loved it. And it was one of those things where, you know, it's, it's the steepest learning curve you can imagine. But you get to a point where, or I did anyway, where I, I felt like I kind of had figured a lot of things out as a teacher. Um, and I had also uncovered a lot of the limitations in the education system that were really frustrating to me, um, especially as a classroom teacher. Like there are just, you don't have a lot of power. You don't have a lot of um, flexibility in the way to do things. And it was really, really hard for me. And so um, I actually took a, a leave of absence to kind of go dip my toe into something else and see what would happen and ended up getting an opportunity in an ed tech company here local in Phoenix. Um, working on curriculum and working on all kinds of um, interesting online learning things, which was not anything that I had expected to be in. Um, and it just, it kind of scratched an itch I didn't know I had in terms of working with adults. You know, I kind of had compartmentalized my thinking in terms of like, well, I, I'm really passionate about learning and I love helping people learn, but I realized that I really loved working with adults and helping adults learn. And so mm. I kind of just followed that path and ended up being able to be in some really awesome roles, doing some training roles and doing some, um, actually training, uh, schools, teachers in like how to use the software and how to do all those things. And I was like, wow, this is, this is my thing. This is what I'm loving doing. Um, mm. and so it was just a really natural pivot for me from the teaching to the corporate world, it was kind of corporate education. But um, at one point, I, I kind of got to the point even with that where I was like, okay, I, I'm ready for another challenge. I'm ready to kind of figure out something different. That's kind of my thing. I think I just, I really love learning. and I really love figuring out, as you said, puzzles and problems and um, decided to kind of focus in on the piece of my work that I loved the most. And that was making things work better and helping my team to understand how they could really implement systems to their benefit so I that we that. weren't sending a million emails. Right. So we're not, you know, like, Oh, here, can you send me that file back? I do 
Like we can make things work better. And I love that. And so it was incorporating this idea of teaching and it was incorporating this idea of making things work better. And I realized, gosh, this is something that I can do well and that maybe not everybody can. Mm. So I, and you're so right that I think that is such a, a weakness in many businesses, especially small business. Um, well, actually, I take that back. It's I think across the board. I think sometimes even the larger businesses are really struggling. And sometimes when they're so large, um, it's overlooked because there's not that many checks and balances in base. So I, th- I do think across the board, it's something really um, of need for sure. I'm curious, like, um, when you were little, were you always kind of like, wanting to kind of dig your teeth into the next challenge and figure something out and solve it? Like, were you always super curious? Yes. Yeah. I always loved just puzzles and, um, scavenger hunts and, you know, just trying to scooby-doo, like figuring out the mystery of things. That's just always kind of been a piece of who I am for sure. Wow. So what kind of courage did it take? Like if you were to go back to the, the moment where you were like, okay, I've got something special. I realize that this is maybe like a superpower that I was taking for granted that other people can use. Like I can help people solve problems. I can help small businesses improve their whole quality of living through back end process and internal training Um, what did it take for you to muster up to kind of go, okay, I'm not a business owner yet, but I'm going to figure this out too. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it was, I had dabbled a little bit in consulting previous to this. Um, I had done some curriculum design consulting, so I, I at least had, but it was kind of like on the side. It was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm helping out some people I already know. I didn't have to go market. I didn't have to go find clients. So I did have a level of confidence that, okay, I can actually, I know that I have something valuable and I can help people. And I had seen that in my corporate position, but the, the scary part, the really uh, hard part for me was this idea of like, oh, I have to go find the people to hire me, you know, like for a certain point, you can kind of rely on your network and you, you know, things just would kind of happen at just the right time. But at some point, you have to actually invest in building a brand and, you know, having sales conversations and all of these icky things. I'd always been on the implementation side of the business, which was a really comfortable place for me. Our sales reps, when I was in corporate, would love having me on the phone as like the person who knew the the, the content. Mm -hmm. So I'm very comfortable in that role. But then to have to be the one who is proactively going out there and figuring out what to do next and setting that strategy. That was the really scary part for me. Absolutely. I can imagine. And so um, when you talk about serving small business, I know that that has a different meaning for a lot of people. Like, is it the solopreneur? Is it teams of 10 and under 30 and under? Like who is best served by the service you provide? Yeah, it's a great question. So my target model, uh, target audience is really like small business. And when I say that, I say, you know, like around teams, 10 to 20, even nice. Um, I do serve some companies that are larger, but I really like to focus on small teams. So it might be that the company itself is larger, but that the team that I'm working with is a smaller team. Um, that said, I've had a lot of 
freelancers lately reaching out and saying, Hey, do you have anything for freelancers? So I've, my wheels are kind of turning on how I might be able to help them as well. But that's kind of like a side little love passion project. of mine. I like that. I like that idea a lot. And I think that um, one of the things I really love about your um, unique process in itself or your business model is kind of going behind the scenes, peeling back and getting to the human reasons. Like you talk about this in your bio, like the human reasons why systems break down. And I would even add and, and correct me, but maybe why systems aren't even in place. Like, yeah. would that also kind of fit that? Yeah. Well, a lot of times the system, unfortunately, is the human. And that that can be a lot of the reason why it breaks down. And so I, I've come into so many businesses where it's working. Like, we're, we're making money. We're selling. It's working. But if Jan leaves we're in big trouble because she is the system. Like she is procurement or, or whatever it is, whatever the process is. Um, and so for a lot, a lot of times it's just kind of extracting that information, Mm -hmm. which is a really sensitive thing, right? Because Jan is very attached to her being the process Mm. and that's a, it's a delicate balance. Um, and it's something that you can't just come in with guns a blazing and just do it to people. You have to invite them in. You have to make it, um, a collaborative process. Um, and it's, it's, it is, it is so human. It, you can't just say, well, I'm going to automate everything and be done with it. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) It doesn't. And actually I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't realize the level of actually grace that you have to come in and almost like surgically pull it apart, you know, break it down, build it back up and put it in a nice little SOP for people. Like that's a real skill. I I really thought it was more tactical, but it it definitely struck a chord with me when you talked about Jan being possessive of her knowledge, her talent. And also I think when um, businesses are volatile or just the general state of our economic world is volatile, there's fear involved. And yep. so it's like, oh my gosh, am I not going to be valuable? Am I not going to be yep. unneeded anymore? So I would love it if you could speak to that a little bit. Like, how do you navigate something that's so sensitive where, you know, like I can imagine, yes, time, yes, inviting them in. But if someone is like, geez, you know, I better, you know, really drip feed my content or really like keep the key secrets so they still need me. How do you navigate that? Yeah, it, it always starts for me with, um, honestly, before I even take on a client, because I have a lot of pretty deep conversations with the leadership of whoever is basically hiring me to make sure that their intentions are aligned with mine. Because if their intention really is to kind of bulldoze everybody, any amount of me doing any graceful thing is just, it doesn't matter. So align, <laughs> alignment of alignment of who I, who I'm working with and who the leadership is huge. Um, and then that helps me partner with them to kind of set, set an expectation with the team that this is a safe process that we're he- like really define the why across the board and be communicative about that. Like here's this Tamara person, she's coming in don't freak out. I know what you're thinking. So like address the elephant in the room, like let's talk about it and let's talk about what's happening and why. And at the end of the day, I think 
people are smart, they understand that like this person is running a business and they need to be able to scale. And, and it is a huge risk to have everything weighing on Jan, because if something happens to Jan, we need to make sure that, that the business still runs. So I think people can logically get that, That's but you great. have to say it out loud and you have to kind of say, I know there's going to be fear. Like you have to almost have it be like a therapy kind of thing Yes. Um, without getting to, I mean, it, we don't, it's not you know, gratuitous or anything like that, but um, addressing it. And then for me, I really let the team, the team members take the lead and, and be the teachers. And, and just, I kind of take the, the, the approach of being really curious um, and really just learning from them. I love it. I just, I said how much I love to learn. So I get to go into these businesses and learn an entire new industry in, you know, the space of two, three, four, five months, however long it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's awesome because they're just teaching me how their business works. And then I'm helping them. Uh, whether it's write it down, uh, whether it's build a training, whether it's put in place things that are going to make it work better. It's, it's just so cool. And so I find that mm-hmm. if, when I come with an energy of curiosity and I come with an energy of uh, care and interest in what they're doing, um, it's usually not an issue. I love so much. I love so much of what you're saying. I I especially like the part of being transparent, being so open and addressing that fear and talking about it super openly. Like this is life and I totally get it. And so I really, really adore that, that piece of it. I also can very much relate to kind of not having a system in place because I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and one of the businesses early on was a photographic jewelry business that I started with a friend of mine, and we built it up to a certain level, and we wanted to sell it, and we didn't realize that we had like nothing really in place except a nice little catalog, and I remember meeting with um, a couple that were really interested in buying a particular company, and they were like, you guys are the business. Like, If you leave, I have a pretty... Um, you know, catalog of nice photos of your designs, but like not the energy and the creativity and all the other like step-by-step pieces. So that was a huge learning lesson for sure. And then on the flip side, um, we had a confections company for 16 years. And so we fluctuated between like 10 employees year round. And then we did about 80% of our business in the fourth quarter. So we would go up to about 25 employees. And I can just so imagine how someone like you coming into that kind of arena could see things that we weren't maybe aware of because you're in it. You know, you're so in it and it's just like your story, but it's your business, it's your life, you know, you're, you're in it and you're really connected. So, um, I would love it if you could like maybe talk to some of the things that for like a client like that, that you'd be able to kind of come in and be like, boom, 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 here are some three high level things that, that I can see that maybe is overlooked or something that could optimize. Yeah, I, I think, so I start pretty much every um, engagement with some, some sort of initial needs analysis phase where, where we dig in just really intensely to um, the main the main pain points and the main places where where this company wants to go and so you know if it is being able to sell your business then that's a very clearly defined goal and all other things then need to point to that outcome 
so in that case, you know, it may not be as much about um, making everything work better. It may just be about let's let's just write down what it is that we're doing today and really clearly identifying how things work in the handoffs, how they go. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it is about something like scaling or being able to hire a new person to take on a piece of the workload, then you kind of are able to focus your attention on that outcome. So then once we do that, then we go really deep into the related processes for that role, uh, for whatever that broken thing that's happening, the broken experience. I talk a lot about um, really starting with the experiences for your customers in mind Mm, and then backing back into that. So if there's an experience for your customers that's broken, let's, let's figure out how we can address that. If there's an experience that you want to 10x, you want to make it amazing. It's okay right now, but you want to make it amazing. Those are all like endpoints that we need to drive to. Um, yeah. And so then it's just mapping it out. And I actually visually map it out on a swim lane flow chart with little boxes and arrows and show all the different handoffs and everything. Love it. And then with that, yeah, it's super nerdy. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um And then from that, I'm able to really help them identify um, opportunities because we've kind of, we've said how it is. And now I can see clearly where, where we have opportunities to make it work better. Um, And some of those things, you know, might be well beyond the scope of, of actual implementation things I can do. Like maybe they need to redo their entire, you know, front facing, you know, client website or something or customer Mm -hmm. website that would be like, you know, we need to hire somebody who does that, but I'm able to kind of help them see what those pieces are and then identify where to go from there. So each one is different. Like every client is different for me, Mm -hmm. but it's always kind of that intense, intense, intense. And then we're able to prescribe what to do next. I think that's amazing. And I love the aspect that the focus is on the end user's experience because that is so, so crucial. And that's what keeps everybody having a sustainable business is when we can have those customer delights and that just amazing, like you said, 10x experience for people. So I think that's really cool that you're mindful um, in that regard. And I'm wondering too, like, um, I don't know how new or unique this is. I've never heard of it. It sounds amazing. So I don't know how many other like people kind of break down this processing or this optimization. Um, I've heard a lot of different consulting things for business, but this seems like such a valuable key piece. And I once had an expert recently just tell me that like prevention doesn't sell. And as much as that like crushed my spirit because I'm all about like being proactive and the whole Kaizen philosophy of like never ending improvement, I was like, what do you mean? Prevention doesn't sell. Like that's crushing me. But I'm wondering for you, like how broke do systems have to be before people even like source someone like you out? Yeah. So I have a really, uh, it's tricky. It's, it's really tricky. You, you brought up, you're right. You're so right. It doesn't sell. What I do in generalities doesn't sell. Um, what tends to be the case is that it is, there is such a need to scale uh, and, and usually a very short um, runway to do that. That is usually the, the reason. So, you know, whether it's we're getting ready to expand to five new locations. Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start or whether it's we're getting ready to sell and we have to get this done now, or we're getting ready to bring on 10 new employees. 
it's usually a, the, the, the trigger is usually I'm getting ready to set scale and either we don't have somebody here on our team who thinks this way in this mm-hmm. sort of crazy processy brain, or maybe we do, but they are so busy heads down doing it that they don't, we, they can't, we can't do it. Mm-hmm. So that's usually what happens. Um, and so it's not always that it's broken. Mm-hmm. It's more often that it actually is working great for how it is today, but it would not last for tomorrow's reality. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I like that you distinguish that. Um, that that makes a lot, a lot of sense. So it's a really interested, targeted window, it sounds like. So man, like that, that's another kind of skill you have to add to your bag of tools is like right time, right place, right time. You need yep. Tamara now. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, it, yeah, it's like just kind of strengthening your own team. Um, and, and a lot of times I'll just shadow, like I'll, I'll kind of, um, if it's somebody local here in Phoenix, I have, I have the ability to do that. Obviously, if it's someone that's, um, you know, on the other side of the country, then we do more interview style. Um, but oh, awesome. That's really, really good to know. So even though you're based in Phoenix, um, you can do um, the, the distant uh, consulting as well. That's amazing. Yep. Then we do, we do all um, group meetings and one-on-one interviews in that way. And so it still works, but it's always nice, especially in the more um, like manual businesses. I've worked with a couple like manufacturing type companies and it just to go see the operations. It's, there's nothing to replace it. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. So I know you're a mama and I'm wondering like how you juggle also being a business owner. Yeah, it's, um, I am very, very fortunate to have some really wonderful caregivers. So that's, that's thing number one. Um, I have a great school, great Montessori school where my son goes and hopefully my daughter will next year. Um, and I feel very at peace and at ease with where they are during the day. And it allows me to completely focus on my business when I'm focusing on my business. Wow. That's awesome. Um, and I, I'm so very thankful that I have that because I know not everybody has that, that wonderful opportunity. So I think for me, that's everything. And so, um, if I didn't have that, I think it would be much, much harder. I know, uh, I have a lot of, uh, colleagues who have to kind of multitask through the day. And I tried that for a little while and it, it would be so hard. It was a real challenge for me. And so yeah. I, I am thankful that I kind of can, can block off a period of my day where it's 100% business during that time. Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't have children, but I can completely relate to how different that would be when you, when you have that role, which is just a a huge responsibility. And also the, the whole multitasking thing of like, maybe I can do it during like nap time or in between feedings or whatever, like that, that I give so many props to the moms that are doing it in that way. Cause like, honestly, even when my cat like crawls up on my desk or what's like, wants to just, you know, like bad, I'm like, really, I have things to do here. (laughs) When it ended, I did it for a while when my daughter was very, very young. Um, and what it ended up for me personally being was I always felt like I was doing a terrible job of something. Mm. So in any moment, I felt like I was being either a terrible mom because I was, you know, I had left her to her own devices for however long, or I was completely like 
distracted with my business and I wasn't focused on it and I was never going to be, you know, it was never going to work and it was all very dramatic. Um, <laughs> but, but it's like you're shifting gears so much that I think it's really hard. And I think that this is true with anything, not just, not just being a mom and it's with anything. Like I feel like with me, if I can kind of block longer periods of time for focusing on one kind of category of things, mm. I'm so much more successful and so much more focused and so much more, like I feel better about it. I feel positive, good feelings about what I'm doing mm. as opposed to when I'm constantly switching gears back and forth. So I really, I try to be intentional about that with everything. That's a really, really good tip for people. And I think that they've done studies like how many minutes of efficiency you lose every time you have to transition. So I love that you brought that up for people because it's something they can implement today by doing the time blocking and also like I think what you're referring to is more like batching the tasks. So if you're doing yep. one thing, do it wholly and solely for a period of time. Yep. And um, earlier when we were on another call, you were talking about the Pomodoro method. And I think that that's very useful to dovetail into what we're just chatting about. Can you share to like with our listeners what that looks like and what that's done for your efficiency? Yeah, you guys, it's so dumb. Uh, <laughs> it, it is it's so dumb. It shouldn't even be called a, a method because it's so dumb, but it works. It just hacks into your brain. So all it is, you could do it with any timer. You get an egg timer. You can use all, there's a ton of fancy apps. There are websites that's just like a, a web page that you can click the timer, but it's 25 minutes and you define before you hit start exactly what you are going to work on in that 25 minutes. And during that 25 minutes, you are not allowed to do any other thing. You are not allowed to go to the bathroom. You are not allowed to get up and get a snack. You are not allowed to go get a sip of water because you're really well thirsty. Nothing. <laughs> All you do is that thing. And then at the end of 25 minutes, the timer goes off and you get to have a break for five minutes. Sweet. And you do that three times. So three 25 minutes is the Pomodoro. Uh, or no, one, one is a Pomodoro. Anyway, you're supposed to do it three times. Okay. And then at the end of the third one, then you take a longer break. So whether that's your lunch break or whether that's a 15 minute break, but intentionally taking these very, like they're rewards and you feel like, Oh, I can, I can cruise on Facebook now and I don't have to feel bad about it. I'm not like in this bad procrastination Facebook place. I'm in like, I'm, 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 yep. I'm yeah, so, um, it works really well for me. Uh, it's really the only thing that's worked well for me in terms of focusing, honestly. Mm -hmm. And so what I do at the beginning of the day is I kind of I, I set a goal for myself of how many Pomodoros I'm going to get done. Um, I try to hit like eight, um, at the minimum. Wow. And that's intense. It's a that's lot. A lot. Yeah, I know, but I do. And so, and I don't always, like if I'm doing a half day or something, but I try to go for eight every day and it, That's it awesome. I think that that's super useful, especially for people that haven't even thought about maybe using tips or tricks or apps in order yep. to help with discipline. And so I think that we always have to kind of be testing and experimenting and, you know, yep. really what you said in the beginning is having that curious mind, you know, like, okay, this is an experiment. Like, let me try this. And with no judgment and without beating ourselves up. And I think that, you know, especially as female entrepreneurs, somehow we have this extra tendency to like beat ourselves up and have this negative self-talk of like, I could have done better. I should have done better. And so I think that I, this would be a really effective strategy to be like, 
I can do 25 minutes. I got this. You can do anything for 25 minutes. And <laughs> I love what you said, Casey, because I have so frequently fallen into this trap of like be belittling and berating myself for falling short of whatever standard I have in my head of something. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can instead just go, well, that didn't work. Let's try another, like just keep trying things because what works for me, my crazy Pomodoro dumb thing, like that might not work for you. And like, don't think that that means something's wrong with you or that, Oh, you're just a lost cause. And I think I am really finally getting to that. And then there are also different seasons where things will work and they worked brilliantly for maybe a year. And then all of a sudden it stops working. And then you can start going off the story like, Oh, now something's wrong with me. No, I'm weak. Yep. It's just time for a new system. You need to upgrade. I was 100% doing manual written journals for a year and a half and it was the greatest thing ever. And then I just stopped doing it and I was, it was terrible. Hmm. And I, I actually talked to our coach about it and I was like, well, he's like, well, maybe you just need a new system. It worked then it doesn't work now. Try something new. And now I'm integrated more, um, kind of online tools with the written journal. Ooh, cool. Functioning again. So it's like, you just kind of have to keep. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And it totally, totally like, um, goes right in with your tweaking of systems. It's just like, you know, be curious, um, optimize, tweak, try again. And you know, the failure truly is an opportunity to learn and to improve and how much nicer it would be to go through business with that kind of mindset versus the other one that somehow gets like, you know, cemented in. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So how can people get a hold of you? Like it's a very exciting service and I think it would be very, very worthwhile for folks. What, how can they learn more? Yeah. Come to my website. Uh, it's the process mentors, uh, com, and you can find out all about it and subscribe to my newsletter and read my blog posts and let's be friends. Uh, let's be friends. Absolutely. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So if you are going to share a little bright light wisdom as your kind of parting words, what would it be? Well, I just posted a blog. I just shared a blog post, um, that I had written today is actually the one year anniversary of my, or the one year birthday of my business. So congratulations. Very excited. Very excited. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, And so what I really reflected on the most in this past year was I had somehow gotten myself into a funny little habit of almost just really pulling into myself um, and and wanting to be the one who figured out this business and who, you know, I told you I love puzzles. And so part of the puzzling is like you're in, you know, you're kind of turning the gears and you're figuring it out and you're finding connections. And that's a very satisfying feeling for me. Mm-hmm. And I had taken that approach with building my business mm-hmm. and I have learned, I mean, I have been beaten over the head about a million times this year with how that just doesn't work. It doesn't mm-hmm. work when you're building a business. You have to invite other people in. You have to connect. You have to um, let other people see where you're struggling and where you're making mistakes. Like, don't be proud. Don't be thinking like, you know, something's wrong if it's not working. Like, just open up, join a mastermind, call up somebody you trust, um, hire a coach, whatever it needs to be. 
so that you feel like you have a sounding board and you have others because it just has again and again paid off tenfold for me. So that such good know. advice. Yeah. <laughs> such, such good advice because one, we aren't born knowing all of these things and it's really new territory for sure. And I think too, it is such a smart thing to do. Like I give you so many kudos for doing it so early on in your business because I think many people wait to hire support when they can quote unquote afford it. But what they don't realize is what is it costing them every single day, not only in time, money, and stress, which then equals health, um, where they're trying to figure it out. And it's costing them a lot. And many times they have to go and undo what they thought that they were doing correctly by going on Google or YouTube or trying to DIY it you know, that they've really not only lost money, they've lost time that can't be recouped. So I really love that you bring that point up. I think it's very valuable. And I would assume being um, so much in a teacher role that it's probably added a little bit of like an extra layer for you because you're so used to being the one that can break things down and teach where it's like, okay, I actually need that assistance as well. Like who's gone before me? that can point out like obstacles or roadblocks or, you know, how to optimize in new territory for me. Yeah. You're, you're dead on. It's, it's, I think when you have kind of part of your identity wrapped up in like being the one who figures things out, it can be hard to say, I don't like, there are a number of things that I know a lot about in my business, but it is very okay that I, there are even more things that I have no idea what to do. And, and I need, I need those pushes too, to be like, no, don't focus on that. Go this way. So, um, you know, it's that this is all part of the learning journey. I think of being, it's why I love it of being a business owner that you, you get to just have this very rich growth experience in your own self while your business is also growing as well. So almost even more valuable than the ROI. Agreed. (laughs) So I do have one last question that I'm just going to sneak in because I know that you're a book junkie. And so I would love to hear your top three titles or books that you go to over and over again, because they're so darn juicy. Yeah. So the book that comes back to me again and again is Seth Godin's Lynchpin. Um, Mm. It was like one of my first books when I was still in my corporate career that just got me thinking about the limitations that I had set for myself in my own head and busting that open. And Seth is one of my main teachers in life. Um, Mm. uh, The other one would be uh, a Pema Chodron book. Um, Love her. Which is, uh, now I'm going to say the title wrong, but uh, living, living beautifully in change and uncertainty, something like that. I can't mm. remember the exact title of it, but even the title is beautiful. I wish I could find it on my shelf right now. It's there, but it's, I can't mm. see it. Um, <laughs> and I would say the third one is probably Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just me. Sweet. I love that you have a combination of, of stuff and that just shows like such a well-rounded kind of inner curriculum as well. So super cool. And I haven't read Lynchpin, so now I'm going to have to. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to. I know we're both reading This is Marketing by Seth Godin. You probably finished it because yep. you're a faster nope. reader. No? no? I'm going I'm going slow. I'm, I'm letting it all sink in. 
Oh, good, good. I thought I was behind the eight ball. See, there that that whole like you know paradigm shift that has to happen. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really loving that book, and um, it's so juicy. And literally, you can fill up journals based on like one chapter because your brain just starts to think of things in a very different way. He has a way of like flipping things upside down and reframing them and and building anew. And so I've really been enjoying that. So. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been awesome. I've loved our, our uh, chat together, and I think people are going to get a lot out of what you shared. Thank you so much, Casey. This was so fun. Yeah, super fun. All right, until next time. Thank you. Yep, Bye-bye. see ya. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on Women Developing Brilliance. If so, head over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And... I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.